are for another episode of the Future Visual Building New Realities podcast. And today I'm delighted, delighted to have Seb Johannes from Jack Morton Worldwide join us. Hi, Seb. Hi, team. Glad to be here. It's hey. exciting. Great. Thanks for making it. Well, Seb Johannes is Technology Director of JackX at Jack Morton Worldwide. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what JackX is doing. But he also has worked for a, a long time in uh, the tech space, obviously, as you'd expect with a technology director. Did some time at RGA, uh, big history as a Flash developer. And given that Jack Morton, well, we know them all for the events that you put on around the world, you've always, you know, those sort of experiential agencies have always been at the cutting edge uh, of technology. Uh, so yeah, we're delighted to have you here today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. I'm, I'm excited as well to be here. Uh, thanks for the intro as well. Pleasure. So yeah, so the end of the podcast is obviously we get people along to talk about building new realities. I mean, we've obviously talked together over the past year about what Future Vision and Vision XR can do. You know, it's a really interesting time to talk to people in technology because there is a there's a there's a new reality being built on our front door every day and you know without wanting to to bang on about covid all the time because it's pretty much been our daily bread for the whole year it, it does add an interesting angle to this concept of building new realities and uh, and particularly how it's kind of accelerating some areas of the tech industry but let's let's talk about um technology in experiential experiential agencies prior to the sort of COVID world? Because obviously what you try and deliver is you try and build, my understanding is you try and build these very large sensory kind of environments for your clients. How do you, when you talk about um, Jack Morton services to your customers and what you're really delivering for them, you know, what, what need you're providing to them, what, what does that look like? Well, um, that's, I'm glad you're asking this question. Um, Jack X came out of uh, a need that Jack Norton had. Uh, so as you described, Jack Norton is, the, the core business is in event, um, brand, brand experience. Um, and in, in the past, uh, when uh, Jack Norton had to put together uh, any sort of like tech-led uh, experiences, they had to outsource it. Um, and also some of the creative was not always, you know, on, on point. So JackX came out of a need to push the, the boundaries further with technology and also creative thinking uh, that has a tech, in, you know, a tech angle. Um, JackX in its core is the uh, Jack Morton um, innovation platform uh, for brand experience. Um, if I had to summarize it in one sentence. Uh, that can be, you know, thought through um, right at the beginning, so the strategy, um, and all the way through um, the, uh, the the definition of the uh, of the project, uh, the development, so the design, the, uh, the, the 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 UX, and all the way down to technology that we're going to be using and how it, this is going to be uh, developed, and ideally. You know, there's a feedback loop here. Once we produced it once, we learn from it and we can iterate to make it better. We've done this a couple of times today successfully with uh, some of our clients. And it's very exciting to see something that you've worked on for perhaps, you know, half a year to maybe three months. Um, and then being able to make it better because you've learned from the previous uh, uh, event or, um, you know, yeah, event that you've had and you, you, uh, you, you, you evolving it. Typically, what would you say like the problems you are solving for your customers are? What do, what do you, what are you actually doing for them as well as solving them with technology and the feedback loop? Typically, what, what is it you're actually delivering in terms of sort of an emotional piece? Um, well, it depends because, you know, you, you have brands that need, um, exposure so they they have like product launches so it's exposure they want to make the uh the, the new products available and known uh, to uh, a large audience but you also have um other customers that are coming to us to help um with some communication internally 
so we, you know, we, we worked with uh, a very large company, a very large US company um, on several uh, brand experiences to help define um, how to talk about machine learning. Well, the way they call it, AI. I mean, the first call that we had with these people was, like, was amazing. It's like, are you, ex are you, are you expert in AI? Uh, what do yes. you mean? <laughs> yes. 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 But then you know, that's the agency answer, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course we are. Uh, but but then, what exactly do you mean? Um, but so you know, there was there was uh, a number of meetings that had to be to be done in order to well, first of all, meeting the different stakeholders within the company uh, who worked in the AR departments and what they wanted to do. What what they wanted to communicate internally in the company in order for their employees to, to, well, to first understand what was the benefits of machine learning and also the five different segments that they were um, uh, developing tools within uh, to make their, their, their daily life uh, better and, and easier. So that was a very interesting um, piece of work. And that, that, this one actually had the feedback loop as well. What's been your... What's been your sort of favorite project to date? Obviously, you've said that one was interesting. In terms of perhaps, you know, deployment um, or ambition of deployment, for you, is the, is the favorite project in the number of people you reach and the behavior you change? Or is it because you created, I don't know, a sculpture out of minis at Goodwood Festival? Uh yeah, so of course the one I just spoke about was very interesting uh, and also because we had the time to uh, make it better. But one project uh, that I've done, which involved, actually not many people saw it because it's inside a building that you need VIP access to, to see it. And it's, and it's a very, very controlled environment, but it was very challenging uh, technically. And we've had to do, uh, about two weeks of prototyping to in order to validate that we were able to deliver this thing. Um, it involves um, people writing on, on on physical boards, putting them on, attaching them on a wall, and that the board that has been uh, attached is then digitalized and put into a, a a software, and then this can be then browsed by several people uh, within the company. So you have this element of physical that again then translated into the digital world. And with this, I mean, the challenges that we've had to face was lighting changing throughout the day, mm. um, which is very challenging. And also um, you don't want to capture the same board. So even though the lighting is changing, the, 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 the content on, on the board remains the same, even though the color might actually tell the software, well, this, this could be a different image, but in fact, it's the same image because it's the content hasn't changed. So there was there was some really interesting, uh, cha challenging to 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 uh, to overcome. Uh, it was it, it 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 was successful, and I, I'm happy we delivered it because for me it was I mean it was a pleasure to work on this project. Okay, and were you capturing them with sort of photo photogrammetry type system? If you had like a physical element and then a digitization. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. So we had we had two cameras looking at uh, this wall where people are attaching uh, the boards onto, mm. and then uh, we had several times several times per seconds we looking at we capture images, and we're looking at the difference from the, we have a number of images uh, that we compare against. So I think it's I think we have a number of like ten to twenty images uh, that are in the pool uh, mm. we keep comparing against and. We're trying to extract the board from that image, and if we think, we, if the software thinks that there's a new board that's been attached, then it would just uh, capture it and put it into the software. How do you, how do you, what's your view? How do you see um, the sort of emergence of the possibility of sort of large-scale photogrammetry capture of environments, mm -hmm. and then obviously being able to deploy those uh, in other locations and add extra elements to them. I mean, what's your personal view on that? And, what, and is there any kind of interest or conversation with uh, customers around that? So that's, an, that's interesting, being able to create virtual, virtual. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be virtual places made from photographs. Uh, I've seen this done quite, I mean, 
what was possible even two years ago and what's possible now has the leap is is you know is actually you know quite substantial mm. um the the there's still i think there's there's still a um uh, some some interesting uh, um, challenges to 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 overcome which is you know what you see or perhaps what you can render in 3d and what you actually get from a photographic um, uh, render so if you take a lot of pictures and you get a 3d model out of it for instance the outcome is not always you know top notch and you know the client will always uh, this that's the first that's, a, that's the first thing they're going to pick up it doesn't look like a 3d render Mm. Um, so this, these are the things that you, you need to, uh, to, to overcome. But um, we, we are currently looking at um, how we could um, perhaps bring some of those physical places online. Um, and uh, with, I'm not without naming any clients. Uh, we, we, you know, I don't, as you know, NWC last year was canceled. Uh, this year is not being cancelled, but it's been postponed. Um, so that and it's not going to be in the same format as the previous years, where people are just going to be able to uh, drop by. So how can we merge that physical space that is going to be uh, open for a limited number of people um, and make it accessible to like a wider audience? So um, you know, Matterport, for instance. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the technology, but they have this 3D scan um, mm-hmm. and that enables you to also uh, very, very beautifully have those 3D renders online mm-hmm. that you can navigate. Um, and that's very compelling. Um, of course, you don't want to reprodu- reproduce what's you know, in a physical space online because it wouldn't make sense. But if you could bring elements of it, that would make sense. And perhaps you know, it's a gateway for perhaps people to to get access to a business builder, so, you know, to like somebody who's going to perhaps, you know, talk to them about about a specific product, that could be a nice, uh, a nice way of uh, of bridging bridging the gap between the physical and and the digital. Um, I think um, you know, photogrammetry capturing the realism of the environment, and you're right, there is always kind of artifacting, and it's not quite right. And I think you know, a client who's who has a lot of experience with CGI will go, it's not quite right. But then a more, even more sophisticated client who's just looking at the bigger picture with the story and the emotion will perhaps think, you know, beyond those artifacts to begin with. Because I, I think there's something very interesting about using that space that is a capture of reality, but then bolting on uh, other environments that are, that are not reflective of, of reality. So it becomes, it becomes it's this first kind of meeting space and it then can become a gateway to more... You know, yep. let's call them cgi environments which is basically shorthand for yeah do whatever you want you know you can have yep. flaming pandas or dali giraffes um, but there's there's something because we've been doing a bit of experimentation with that about mm-hmm. jumping in and out of photogrammetry collaboratively you know we have a system where we can do that quite easily and uh, it's it's always really fun just to jump in and out of it even just to go and explore you know there's quite a lot of um environments and museums available on sketchfab just getting some of those and then jumping in and having a, a, a wander around. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned SketchUp. I think SketchUp is an interesting place. Um, and photogra- I can't, I can't say it. You can Gram- say it. Photogrammetry. Photogrammetry. Thank you. Um, is is interesting as well. Um, it's just trying to find the right balance, you know, because you don't want to replicate the real world online. I, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what uh, Street View is doing. Google mm-hmm. Street View is doing, but. You know, if you want have to navigate content, is it the best way to access content? Um, if you, I mean, it, it, when you're in a game style of scenario, I guess it makes sense. But if you really want to access content, like you know, I want to find uh, the train timetable. I don't want to navigate the the virtual uh, train station to find the uh, the mm-hmm. board. I just want to get the train the, the train timetable, right? So you know, I think there's a there's a there's a good use of it and a bad use of it, and it's, it's trying to find that balance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, replicating the real world is like, well, what's the point? You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the moment, potentially, it has some sense, but yeah. you know, you could 
But even then, why replicate it all the way? Like you say, yeah. you know, if you go into Gare du Nord, you don't want to have to, like, okay, we've got to schlep over to platform 18 now because yeah. that's where the tickets are. Yeah. Did, you, did you try any of the, um, the sort of online music experiences this summer? There was, um, there was a, they, they re rebuilt Shangri-La, uh, like the Glastonbury experience. Yeah, no, I haven't. I only saw uh, the recording on YouTube, so I'm aware of, I know, are we allowed to talk about uh, other products? Yeah, yeah, VR yeah, Jam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, VR Jam um, is, we, we, we've been speaking to Sam. Um, they, um, I mean, what, what, I think what they have uh, that is interesting is, you know, being able to bring um, motion capture. Mm. So if you had some, some, somebody with uh, a suit with those, you know, motion capture suits, and, and the right equipment to capture the, the motion, you could actually, um, in real time, you could map this onto an avatar. So you could have somebody dancing in a real world, which then is translated into a virtual world. I think that's an interesting uh, proposition. Uh, but the, yeah, being able to bring people inside a 3D world where there's a live stream uh, happening from a DJ point of view, that's that's kind of interesting. And also VR, VR. I mean, your product as well, uh, Vision XR, which we uh, experienced uh, at Jack Morton, is also a very interesting proposition. Uh, which I think I think the VR jam and Vision XR, you know, are pretty much uh, aligned um, in terms of features. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely um, a place for it, and maybe for. Uh, education purposes where you can you know have a so VR jam perhaps is more targeted at the moment towards uh, and it's not to say they can't actually uh, pivot uh, but it's more targeted towards gigs mm. and 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 um, the, uh, the vision XR I think would um, from my point of view would make a very interesting proposition for educations and also uh, games uh, aspect of things. I mean, you, you can you can have your own opinion on this. I guess you know you can you know you can say no, say you. It's, no, 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 no. rubbish here. We're here. We're yeah. here. For, we're here for debate and discourse. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's the point of it is to hear different people's views. No, what I was going to say is when I went into the Shangri-La thing, which was built on, it was actually a mix. It was a mix of mix of Sansar oh, yeah. and VR Jam. So Sansar was like the big open world, and yeah. VR Jam had a kind of music specific deployment within it. Yeah, I was just surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Really? Yeah, okay. I, I was I was I was thinking, oh, this is going to be that's that's a pretty audacious goal, right? To try and rebuild uh, Shangri-La, which is a you know I don't know if you've been there, but it's a part of Glastonbury that kind of opens after everything else closes, and it's this quite intense experience. And um, you know they they rebuilt Shangri-La, and then you went you went in there, you were dressed as some crazy avatar, and you just had all those kind of familiar type of experiences like when you're waiting in the queue you just start talking to the person next to you and you start conversations with people you'd never met before but then what, what i was going to link this back to is rather than rebuilding the real world exactly as it is like when you were in shangri-la and you'd lost your mates right which always happens at a festival yeah. or clubs <laughs> you just had a thing on your wrist that was like teleport to mate ah oh, that's so, good so oh, you're just amazing. like bing you're like all right <laughs> and and this for me is the the real potential of um of where we're going with this kind of emerging metaverse you know metaverse is a very very big concept or format and i think some people felt they were going to build the metaverse with like very bold claims. You know, Magic Leap thought they were going to build the metaverse. They probably thought they had enough money to build the metaverse. But I think the, um, you know, the metaverse will kind of emerge. Mm. Um, I mean, what, what Fortnite did was pretty good as well uh, with the, uh, the chap, the, the singer. I can't Travis remember. Scott. Scott, yeah. I mean, that, that was a pretty bold move as well. Um, so yeah, Tim Sweeney, uh, CEO of Epic talks about the, the metaverse a lot and obviously yeah. they're putting on more and more kind of events concerts yeah. it's interesting you know looking at you know kids that are sort of 10 11 12 mm. they go oh, i'm going to go meet my mate in in Fortnite, and they'll go you know that is the new kind of social channel mm. there's a very interesting report do you know phil rowley from uh, omnicom no so he's written a really interesting paper recently that's kind of like how gaming will be the next um cultural phenomenon 
mm-hmm. how it kind of eats all the the previous previous medias. Well, if you think about you know the media the spending like you know Hollywood films versus games, or you know uh, you know triple A games, I mean it's it's not hard to think in in that direction. That's right. So, so you, you started the immersive conversation there, I'm glad to report. So how do you see immersive tech um, kind of affecting your industry? Because ah, I'm sure they've been, and there's and A, that question, but B, there's obviously a lot of talk and a lot of inquiry versus actual activation. Yeah. So I'd yeah. be interested to hear your views on, on both those. I mean, you know, when VR came, came around, uh, pretty much all the brands wanted to have a VR experience because they thought that uh, if they didn't have one, they weren't perceived as being cool. Um, that that trend has now stopped. I'm glad yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, it's not oh we want to have it because you know we want to be perceived cool. It's, it's more about you know does it make sense to have it? So you know the conversation has slightly changed. Um, the like I said in in the uh, in in the brand experience uh, aspect of things, VR has its place, um, and but you know you have to isolate yourself in order to become to be part of a bigger audience. So when I when I when I talk when I say that is you have to put a headset on which cuts you from the real world in order to join that virtual world, and so in the uh, in, in you know in the sort of like event space that kind of like that's a barrier to entry, um, but in the situation we're in at the moment, it could actually be you know if you did have a VR headset at home, um, and it's this is kind of still a, you know still quite limited for people because the uh, the price tag is still quite heavy still. Um, I mean I think it has there is definitely. Um, Actually, there's, I think there's definitely you know a good, uh, you know a, a good uh, a good place for it. But what I've seen lately is instead of using, I mean, because I mean, right now we're using Zoom, right? Zoom is not fully immersive, but you kind of like you joining this virtual 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 place where everybody is is part of. So of course you're not putting a, a VR headset on. But you're still joining this uh, this virtual place, so I would consider this as almost being slightly immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could actually, you know, we're looking at how we can actually host events through Zoom. I mean, this has been done quite successfully already uh, by a number of uh, agencies. Uh, but how could you make it more interesting? And I, I don't want to say too much because we are currently working on some ideas uh, with. Uh, holograms and joining parties and that kind of stuff through the mean of Zoom. Okay, got you, cool. And um, what, what are the big technical challenges to your work? Uh, okay, that's interesting. Um, basically, not having to rewrite the law of physics um, because like, sometimes the creatives just do not understand that Something is not physically possible unless I rewrite how you know electricity works, or <laughs> and um, you know, the, or, the, or how the internet works. Um, you know, until we have five G, I think people have a misconception of like, oh yeah, but it's you know, I click on this button and it happens. Ooh. No, yeah, <laughs> there's a lag. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, the promise of five G is uh, that is going to help out towards that. Uh, uh, solving that problem, um, I don't know if we want to talk about 5G or if that's just a, a perhaps a, a different form that we want to talk. About. You know, we can touch up on this. But um, the ch- the challenges of my of my work is to is to keep the creative happy and try to find uh, you know a middle ground because it's always it's always like this arm wrestling where whereby there's the vision, but there is also a bucket of money. And how can we make the vision like, you know, it's basically trying to, to, to bring the vision in line with what's possible in terms of money and also physically possible with technology. So it's trying to, yeah, trying to manage those three expectations and three different work streams. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any sort of internal 
kind of references or quotes for um you know when when a client or even when your own, own one of your creatives has kind of suggested something just so out there that it's not going to happen but perhaps they've done it i'm not going to drop you in it just yet yeah. but perhaps they've done it in front of a client and you know and and everyone's got the hat to, to not to, to nod along so so you know what what i would say is like well let me introduce you to the time money equation and then kind of go through this it's like well, you want this and you've got this much time and, and and this much money so do you have any other references kind of in-house that you use or that are uh... you know there's always like trying to have soft skills so trying to always be dip diplomatic and when you are because you know the creative they have their vision and they want to achieve the best which is Fully understandable, you know. They they want they, they they want their vision their vision to be realized, you know, to be to to be made. So it's trying to, and you know, I will never try to argue in front of a client. You know, yeah. we'll we'll try to do this, you know, behind closed doors. So maybe afterwards, the, the the account manager can you know work their magic on saying that we discussed it internally and it's not physically possible or we're going to try to find a way of you know this it's not it's not my my job to to pick up the pieces afterwards but they, they, you know it's like i said it's soft skills right trying yeah. to yeah, yeah. to um to keep everybody happy um i if we're not under time pressure i, I try to always keep it clean you know uh, yeah. at the end of the day we we are there to work together and 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 try to to make the best for our clients. Yeah, yeah, understood. Uh, and what do you think are the greatest opportunities uh, in in your field? Uh, the greatest opportunities. Um, hmm. Well, you know, we always try to make things um, cutting edge. So. Um, it's trying to find the best. So there's always ideas floating around. So how can we realize the ideas, this, this idea, by making it, by using, perhaps using the latest technology, or maybe it's an old technology, and we've done this quite recently, quite successfully, where we used a, a conveyor belt to bring content to screens um, and augment that, the stuff that was on the conveyor belt in real time. Mm -hmm. uh, I, again, it's I'm, I'm trying to stay abstract because I don't want to say sure. too much about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you know, it's trying to bring this moment of magic, mm. and you're you're like, and uh, you know, it's just if some if somebody goes like, oh wow, how was this done? Mm. And you're like, yeah, okay, we 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 have done something that is extra extraordinary. And if we can actually get that feeling and that emotion, I think we've done a really good job. And do you think customers come to you and what they're really looking for are like those moments of magic? They want people to feel moved rather than a number of eyeballs hit. I mean, obviously, they want to get it to as many people as possible because there's a sort of perceived ROI uh, yeah. around that. But would you say in, in, in your business, in the area you're in, it's, it's trying to create moments of magic. It's about storytelling. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, so, and this is the, the problem that we have at Jack Morton is, you know, there are these two fields where Jack Morton uh, designs very beautiful uh, stands and scenery mm. and the department looks at stories, storytelling and, mm. and, and, and also technology. So you have one department looking at the scenery and then you have one department looking at the, the storytelling and somehow we have to sort of like come to a, an agreement of how the, the storytelling um, brand experience fits into the design aspect of the, uh, of the, of the stand or the, uh, the experience. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, from my point of view, always start from the storytelling. So, you know, what, what's your, the first thing that we, we're going to ask around is like, what is your content? You know, what is it you're trying to communicate? Um, and then, you know, trying to talk as many people as you can uh, on the client side, who are the main stakeholders, um, and and you know, trying to basically be on point with the messaging that they're trying to 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 deliver. So Jack Morton started as more of a kind of scenery, sort of perhaps theatrical type routes, stage yeah. design. 
yeah, stage design. That's, that was their main um, primary, uh, primary, um, you know, um, piece of business. Um, and, and then I, I, I joined Jack Norton about three years ago now, um, and it's a bit of a, uh, a disruptor. You know, we we get pointed quite a bit, but you, you know, we, uh, you know, I think we try to to in 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 the space that we are in at the moment with the pandemic. Um, you know, we are being welcomed uh, because, you know, of mm. the expertise that we have in software development. Mm. Um, and and we, we, you know, I think the, the skill set that we have acquired for many years is now being uh, uh, well embraced. Ushered, ushered to the front of the queue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like bring them up yeah. from the back of the plane, get yeah. them to the front. Yes. So what are you curious about now in terms of technologies that are uh, available? You know, you mentioned 5G. What other technologies are there that you're interested in? Um, or not just technologies, just what are you curious about generally? Perhaps it's a... I, I noticed one of your articles um, that was called Preparing for a Low-Touch, High-Tech Economy, which I thought was a a good description of what might happen for the next three years, right? You know, you could potentially say, actually, this is the way we need to be thinking about things. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be our, I think, uh, pretty much our, our life for the next, yeah, six months to a year, you know, when we're going to be able to oh, gather. Minimum, together. minimum, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be residual effects longer than that. Yeah, um, whereby people uh, in public places, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I put my hand up already, you know, I. I, I'm tend to resistance of like having anybody. Uh, so I, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, leave the country uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and go to Italy. And the the lady at the uh, the checking desk wanted to grab my phone, and I was like, "Who? What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> this is this is one of my organs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't touch this. Yeah. So you know, um, people are going to be quite resistant in like touching uh, foreign surfaces. So that, that, that was the, the mentality behind the, the article uh, and trying to think about um, not new technologies, but things that already, that already exist. So, you know, we have voice um, with Alexa that has a, you know, introduced the fact that we can actually interface with computers through um, um, our, our voice. You have gesture, um, you know, with Kinect, uh, lip motion, uh, all these devices are very well suited to create experiences that don't require any uh, any 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 touch uh, or touchscreens. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, what was in the article. Is I, I was it so long ago? Um, and then you also have, I guess, a location. So you could also find uh, being able to interact with. Um, uh, software by placing yourself in certain um, uh, locations. And we've done this quite successfully on, on with games, uh, where people are basically walking the game instead of actually touching uh, yeah. things. Um, and, but if I, if I was to, to, to come back of what I'm interested in, like, uh, and what I think uh, Jack Morton should be investing in, uh, well, first of all, there's machine learning. I think machine learning as a whole, uh, so having voice, computer vision, um, all these things are making progress like on a monthly basis. So keep be, being being in touch of you know the latest uh, progress with this is is essential. You know the stuff that we've done for our clients with the computer vision uh, with the cameras did touch on some aspect of um, of machine learning because we had to recognize aspects of an image and compare them with the, with the other ones. And we used um, machine learning for that. Um, and something that's actually quite interesting at the moment is uh, synthetic humans. Say that again. Synthetic Synthetic humans, humans yeah. Yes. Um, where, whereby, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, um, whereby you could have, you could upload that like, sort of, let, let's uh, let's uh, let's think uh, broad here. Where you could upload an image of yourself, and then upload some text, and somehow there's a video of you speaking that text. I like deep fakes. Deep, well, yeah, deep fakes. Um, and but instead of you know me making Donald Trump speak and making 
and looking and say some things that you wouldn't say usually uh, or normally. Um, I could let, let's say in the, in the in the event space that's quite interesting because you could have a presenter uh, being at different locations saying different things. Um, it, mm. it doesn't have to be pre-recorded. It doesn't have to actually pre-record that same speech. Uh, you you let the the uh, the software um, create the video based on the images and the text that uh, he that the speaker has uploaded. So if you want to push this even further, um, you could. I think the intersection of like digital twins and 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 synthetic human would be in a, an interesting uh, place. Um, anyway, that, that's uh, I think that's possibly a, a conversation of its own. <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting. Um, I think the when you first mentioned synthetic humans, I thought you were going to go down the sort of the avatar CGI route. Oh yeah, that goes um, well. Yeah. So you know you've got the you know, the recent Burberry campaign by Nick Knight, but then it's based on, I think it's one of the Jenners or Kardashians or, you know, one of one of those um, celebs, but they've created a, a CGI version of them and, and, a, and a completely CGI campaign. And then you're starting to see agencies put together uh, CGI models with, you know, social media accounts with followings and then you're getting hologram versions of them to do tours, which has kind of been there in the, you know, cyberpunk canon of literature for the last 20 years. But when you see names like that actually starting to get in fronting the campaign, that's a, that's a really um, significant kind of move and change. And you see Louis Vuitton, you know, spending money on sponsoring League of, Legend, League of Legends, stuff like that. So on the one side, I think the, the CGI characters where, although they look photorealistic, they are CGI, which is slightly different from the kind of um, synthetic machine learning driven um, humans you were talking about, but both are really interesting. And they're, the same, they're the really- Same principle. Same principle, yeah. yeah same, same category, but they're, they're, they're I think those are such significant kind of developments and completely fall within the realm of what we're discussing here, which is, you know, building new realities. So, so deep fakes have sort of been coming online haven't they, for the last 18 months or so. Uh, and I saw one yesterday, and you know how you mentioned how things are changing on a monthly basis. I saw, I don't know if you know the, um, well, you'll, you'll know the comedian Will Ferrell. Yep. And, and then there's, uh, John O'Reilly. Mm -hmm. who's, who's, who's quite often in those comedy films. So there was, a, there was a really trashy film a couple of years ago called Step Brothers, and it's got Will Ferrell and this guy, John O'Hughes, and they, they basically just, it's a bit like Dumb and Dumber, that kind of premise, right? And they just re work out that they're stepbrothers because they, they both say the same things. And someone had just done a deep fake swapping them out for Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, but like, but they, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it just looks like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold, uh, and, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger are, are, are just doing this whole thing with like, they're saying, you know, what's your favorite candy? Strawberry. What's your favorite garden? You know, blah, blah. Uh, but brilliant. And um, it's almost like a remix, right? It's like a remix of content. So it's like, here's a film and a setup you really like. But here is it with some different actors. Yeah, I mean, it's we. It's going to be really hard to uh, to appreciate or to differentiate um, what's real and what's not. I mean, is I mean, it, that fake news is going to be all around us. <laughs> I mean, it already is. It already gonna, is. Yeah, but it's yeah. Gonna, but, but at least you could like take a look at them and go, "I think yeah. you're lying." But yeah. if it's like a character saying that, and you go, "Like, do you see what you know Boris said?" And it's a you know, we don't really stand a chance. No. no. Um, when you look at the sort of the the way emotion can then spin out and then get amplified uh, across all these channels, yeah, I mean, NVIDIA is currently working on um, so to minimize the data transfer across the internet when you're having a a call like through Zoom or through Teams or through Google Meets or what have you, um, they will be able to capture your 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 face. And just with the sound, being able to make your lips move 
without having the, the, the actual, the camera feed. Video, the video, yeah. Yeah, the video. So you, yeah, there would be less um, data transfer across the internet mm -hmm. because on, they would only need the voice to actually fulfill the, the requirements of mm. having a video uh, experience. It's scary because it's like, is it really me that's speaking or is it like somebody else, you know? I, yeah, or, or the, the interesting point is like, do you tell the other person that you just flipped on the deep fake? Because obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. otherwise it's just like, we'll just have an audio chat because yeah. we want to see each other because we see how we're reacting, whether yeah. they're bored, whether they're enjoying the conversation. Yeah. But yeah, just flip on the deep fake and say, yeah. go into enthusiastic mode, you know, <laughs> go, go into cell mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really interesting world and kind of moving uh, very, very quickly. So, um, Going slightly off the uh, off the tech topic, mm -hmm. yeah. if you could have a billboard with anything on it to help build a new reality, what would it be and why? Oof, a uh, billboard with anything on it with a new reality. Um, hmm. I guess it doesn't have to be uh, anything that is real. Uh, it could be a, well it could just be yeah. like a statement if you had some billboards in Piccadilly yeah. Circus and you could say whatever you liked what would you what would you put on it and why um, I want to travel again <laughs> I want to leave my house <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah let's let's all embrace each other you know something along those lines I, to be fair right now I, I mean we we're back in the office a couple of days a week, when, yeah. whenever we, we need to. Uh, I think, you know, yes, you know, the immersive world is nice and being able to, uh, you know, being in VR and experience all these things. But I mean, we, I mean, I've heard, I've, I've learned the hard way. I need human contact. I mean, you know, being able to travel places and, and meet people face to face would never be replaced by being immersed into, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, this, uh, um, uh, this uh, event that you went to online. Jangular. Jangular, thank you. Um, I'm sure it was fun, but was it as fun or better than being there, uh, you know, and, and have had all the experiences that you've had uh, throughout the day? Um, well, interesting point there. It wasn't as much fun, but that's kind of my point, right? Going to Shangri-La, yeah. Yeah, like you you got to go to Glastonbury. Yeah, exactly. That you've had all these previous experiences that you've had before getting to Shangri-La. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps yeah. if you hadn't been to Shangri-La before and you just did the VR version, you would yeah. think like, okay, well that's fun. But yeah. I think an interesting point is is normally you know you take it takes you a day to get to Glastonbury, and normally by the time you go to Shangri-La, you've been at Glastonbury for two days, you've been yeah. awake for 48 hours, you go to Shangri-La at two in the morning, yeah. you have this crazy experience for 12 hours, and you kind of come out chewed up the next day, yeah. and it takes you like a week to recover. Yeah. But it's an amazing experience. But it's with the VR version, we just did it at home, uh, a couple of us, and we just sort of popped in there and yeah. had this experience that felt really intense, really kind of high octane, and then we could just pop out and like go and have dinner and then, <laughs> yeah, right. and, then, and then come back. But the next day I did feel a bit, we've all felt a bit like, oh, feel a bit like I've had a crazy night. Right. So I think, yeah, you're completely right. The real experience, uh, you know, we're humans, go and live, yeah. go and do things, go and talk to people, go and meet yeah. things, stop looking at a computer. But we're interesting, entering this kind of interesting area where you can access these kind of very peak experiences and then kind of come out of them quite quickly, mm -hmm. which is just kind of reflective of our life, right? You know, that the amount we're able to do productivity-wise now, it's just sort of another aspect of that. But I, I think I take your point about, uh, I want to get out. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's like, you know, have some, I think mine at the moment would be like, have, have more nature time. Nature time, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, going for walks, I mean, right now, uh, you know, the weather is not allowing it, but we, we, I mean, me and my girlfriend, we were going to, for walks in the summer, like pretty much every evening, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe but that they, doesn't like, fulfill the question that you asked about the billboard and what would be the branding I had on the... Uh, not the branding, no, uh, it's the message. The, the message, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. so your, your message works. Yeah. Are you in Italy at the moment or are you back in the UK? No, I'm back in the UK. No, I, I was lucky enough to be basically... Just, you know, before everybody, everybody everything that like went to uh, downhill again, 
we managed to come back. Um, so yeah, with this, I think there was this narrow window between the time where everything was good and everything was like tend to uh, yeah. narrow itself again. So yeah, well, well done. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to ask you another kind of social question. Like, if you okay. had a hundred million to spend on a social program and no red tape, how would you spend it? Uh, okay, I, I'm really big around, or I'm really big. I I really like this uh, startup world. Um, so the accelerator, being able to find new companies um, and new, because you know, if, if you, there are some, a lot of interesting uh, new developments in different fields. Um, so if I had a hundred million, I'd love to be able to. Um, set up my own accelerator to find genuine uh, companies that could be, well, first of all, collaborating with, and maybe and perhaps also investing in, uh, to help them through, you know, um, getting, you know, even more VCs. Um, so, so yeah, that that's probably what yeah where I'd like to spend my hundred millions trying to uh, promote uh, young companies and. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, set up your own acceleration fund, accelerator fund. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. I, I would become a VC myself. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And you'd probably be CEO of yeah. the accelerator fund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that it's that you can see that the feedback loop here. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. working. It's working. <laughs> and do you have any suggestions for books? Quite often, I ask guests if there's any books that they really like or often recommend to, to friends or. I don't actually read a lot of books. I read a, a lot of um, blog posts, and so I'm a big fan of Medium. Um, this this is what you know, Medium uh, online. Yeah. Um, I so yeah, I don't read a lot of books, but I read a lot of uh, online uh, publications. And are there any publications or bloggers that you go to regularly? Right, like, like Medium, uh, and, and uh, well, there's also um, uh, where, where, where I get it as well. Uh, I mean, it's it's not publication per se, but there's a lot of collaboration uh, between uh, people. Um, uh, and so you, you tend to find uh, a lot of stuff there. Um, but Medium is the, uh, is not. Is yeah, I meant, if I meant if there are any authors within Medium that you oh. kind of, or do you just use the aggregated feed yeah, to kind of yeah. take, you, take you off in weird and wonderful yeah. directions? Yeah. yeah. And last one, uh, are there any theories that you particularly recommend? So they, there's a theory called, and I love this one called okay. Solomon's Paradox, which means it's easier for me to give advice to you. Or is it, is it easier for me to give advice to you on your life than for me to see that, than for you to see that evidence yourself? Let me explain that really quickly. Yeah. I'm going to start that okay. yeah. It's easier for me to comment on someone else's life than to yes. comment on my own. Right. Solomon's Paradox. Right. Uh, not from the top of my head, but I, I try to always be open and li listen to um, others because I think there's a people tend to they tend to want to say what their bit and say this is what I want to do this is what I want to say. Where I try to listen to what other people are you know want to do first, and perhaps you know I'm not I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Maybe I'm going to try to adapt based on what they said. Uh, so it's you know trying to take in uh, other people's suggestions. Does that answer? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we can call that one. Use your ears. You use your ears. Okay, I could. <laughs> I go with that. Yeah. Oh, speak with, speak with your ears or something yeah. like that. Or listen first and then speak later. Yeah, yeah. It's an underrated uh, skill. And do you write any blogs or anything? Are you? I've, I saw the articles you did on drum. Do you do uh, do any output? Um, not really. I tend to. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I just, it's very sporadic, you know, so I saw this, uh, this uh, sort of interesting place where, well, interesting place, uh, awful place that we're currently in at the moment. And I thought, well, you know, it looks like perhaps in the, in the experience or the branding experience industry, uh, there is going to be a shift where people are going to be reluctant and like interacting with touchscreens. So this is why, the thought came around, but um, and I, I, you know, I wrote articles previously for the Guardian and the um, and the uh, uh, Little Black Book as well, I think I believe. Um, but it's it, it comes and goes, you know, and and the um, 
it's more about like spontaneity. It's like something happens and I was like, I'm just like, oh, I could actually write about this. Yeah, I got you. Uh, rather than like having to do this like on a regular basis. Uh, yeah. And just sort of going back to the main theme, what, what, what's the sort of the mood or the feeling in like the events services industry? Obviously, even if I talk to people with restaurants or pubs or nightclubs or music or people that, you know, provide the production for gigs, it, it's pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the sort of mood in your sector, which isn't quite as frontline as, you know, restaurants, for example, but it's still. Affected. I mean, I can't say it hasn't impacted the business. Um, we've had well, when in March, we've had pretty much all the jobs that we had in the pipeline cancelled. Um, and uh, right now, the business is actually focusing on delivering successful online um, events. Um, so we've partnered with a number of successful um, uh, platforms and also Jack Morton has, uh, has developed his own uh, platform called uh, Ethos. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it helps us uh, deliver those events successfully. Um, and we are currently working on a number of activations um, which are going to, I think, take place in the middle of next year. So things have slowed down. So we, we've had this like this trough and you know, the slope is definitely on the rise at the moment. And it's, uh, it's looking you know, quite steep because everybody's now you know, looking at us for like, oh, what can we do towards you know, next, this year or the beginning of next year? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's definitely on the rise and it's, it's, good. Looking, it's looking good. That's good to hear. Yeah. All right, Seb, thank you very, very much for joining us on uh, right. this episode of Building New Realities. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Tim.